All right, let's go ahead and pray, you guys. Good to see you tonight. Good to see you tonight. Do you, do you see what it says behind me? It says, be careful how you hear. We're going to talk about that tonight, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for um, your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here already. Father, we just, we just jump into your flow. Father, you're always moving, you're always speaking, you're always amazing, and Father, um, sometimes because of our circumstances, we don't recognize it, but tonight we recognize it in Jesus' name. We recognize your ministry, Holy Spirit. We recognize that you're the teacher in Jesus' name, and anything that exalts itself above the word of God or anything that is not of God, we bind it now and cast it down and cast it out in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. So it is good to see you guys tonight. We're going to talk about be careful how you hear. So the Holy Spirit kind of gave me this like stream to just jump on. So that's kind of uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight. And um, yeah, so we're, we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. So in Luke 8.18, you'll see it behind me. Luke 8.18 um, in the ESV version says, take care then how you hear. Okay, so this is Jesus speaking. And... Um, to, to pull it right from the top, you've got to be careful about what you're listening to, what's going in your ears, what goes in there, because it, it, it affects your mind, but eventually affects your heart, right? And so what you hear the most um, can go ahead and affect you in a good way or in a bad way. And so um, I do want to talk about that a little bit. I think the Holy Spirit wants to just park on this for a little bit. But as we go and, and we read a little bit more in the scripture, it says, take care then how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. So remember this, the Bible is not the world, and the Bible is not popular culture, and the Bible is not the government. It is the mind and the will and the nature of God, okay? So oftentimes we're gonna find what the Bible says is an exact opposition to how things are in the world, okay? And um, so when we see here, it says, for the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away. And, it, and it's funny, because in the world, when someone doesn't have something, the world says that we need to give to them because they don't have it. And um, for those who have more, it should be taken from them and given to someone else. That's a worldly thought, but that's not a kingdom thought. The kingdom thought is, if you don't value what you have, then it will be taken from you. And if you do value what you have, then even more will be given to you. So we need to value the things of God that we have. We need to value the anointing that we have. We need to value the church that we have. We need to value the word of God that we're hearing. Because when you value that, God will heap more upon you. He'll give more to you. But when you don't value that, and you're not careful how you're here, or you're not thankful for what you have, even what you have shall be taken away from you. So again, <clears throat> these are kingdom principles, and we need to learn to walk in the way of the kingdom because the Bible says we are not of this world, but we are from the kingdom of heaven, and we have different laws and principles there. We'll see here in this parable, I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew 25. Jesus says this, for it be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. And one he gave five talents, 
And like talents, just picture that as money. A talent is like a sum of money. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability, then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So how many does he have now, guys? Ten. Yeah, okay. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So how many does he have? So now he's up to four. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five more. And his master said unto them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So again, we're seeing this kingdom principle that those who have much, even more will be given unto them. Okay? A lot of, a lot of people in the kingdom of God... Some people are running towards the kingdom. They want to serve. They want to be a blessing. They want to pour out their life. And when God sees that, he heaps more upon them. And then there's some who are saying, I don't know if I'm going to get committed. I don't know if I'm going to start tithing. I don't know if I'm going to do this. And they're, and they're acting like the servant who went and hid his talent. But let's keep reading. And then verse 24, and also, he would receive one talent, well, actually, 22. And he who had received the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. And his master said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. He who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. So he's just returning what he gave to him. But his master answered him and said, You wicked and slothful or a lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered, where I have scattered no seed. You then, you ought to have then invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take, here's the point I'm getting to, so take the talent from him, the one talent, and give it to the one who has ten. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Guys, when it comes to the kingdom of God, press in. Go for it. Give it all you got. You have one life to live. You have one sacrifice to pour out before God in his service. Go for it all. God's given us gifts. He's given us talents. He's given us abilities. And honestly, as we go ahead and we pour ourselves in him, he will pour more into you. It seems like those who are doing the most in the kingdom have the most grace to do even more. Amen? So it's not a time to draw back. As we see, so there's, there's people, my wife is talking about, there's a positive view and a negative view about everything. As we see our world getting darker and darker, it is not a time for us to pull back and to go into our shell. It's time for us to go for it all, to live for God, to give to him, and know that when God sees that, he will be adding unto you. So God's word, so that's an example of how God's word, you know, you, in the world it says if you have nothing, you should get something. And if you have something, it should be taken from you. But not in the kingdom. 
The kingdom says if you value and, and have what you have, more will be given unto you. Um, when it comes to the tithe or giving at all, um, people would think if I'm going to gain money, I have to hold on to my money and hoard it. But in the Bible, it says when you give your money, it will be pressed down, shaken together, and given back unto you running over. So everything in the kingdom is like a paradigm shift. It's a different way of seeing things. And we need to see things the way God sees them. We need to hear his word the way he hears it. So God's word is revelation. It's not just information. So if you just read your Bible like a history book, you know, this is, uh, this is where Jesus was at this time, and he moved to this city, went there. If you're just reading like a history book, you're getting information. But the Bible is supposed to be revelation. It's supposed to be caught in our spirits. And so it will, um, the Bible says, then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So for you to really get faith from God, you want that revelation that comes from his word. And that's why we need to be careful what we hear. Because what you hear can ruin your faith. Let me, let me give you an example. So let's say, let's say you hear a preacher, and, there, and there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them that preach against um, healing. So they said, God uh, used to heal um, when the apostles were here. But as soon as the last apostle dies, the miracles died, everything died, and God no longer heals the sick. And so there are some doctrines that float around like that. And uh, it's not technically the word. It's just the opinion of some church or whatever. But when you hear that and you take it in, all of a sudden it gets, it gets lodged into your heart and into your spirit. And then all of a sudden when you need a miracle, when you need a healing, you have heart problem, you have cancer, this and that. There's no faith there to go ahead and meet that need because you've let something that's not of the word get into your heart. So we need to be careful what we're listening to. It's... it's um, it's biblical, you know, let's say you're listening to Christian radio, Christian radio 106, hey, and then all of a sudden, all, like you're listening to something that doesn't, it's like not the word, it's okay to just turn that off because you need to be careful what you hear. Not everything that's wrapped in like a Christian bow is actually going to bring faith in your heart. So we need to be discerning, we need to understand, but the word of God brings faith and the word of God always brings dynamic results. This is why Paul prayed this prayer in Ephesians 1. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So what we're seeking when we seek God's word, and we, we seek to understand him. We want to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So it can't just be information. There has to be, we need to get revelation from the Holy Spirit concerning his word. And when we begin to get revelation from God and his word, it re, like, it's an undeniable, it's like a, um, a supercharging of faith that just floods into your heart. When you hear a sermon that's actually preaching the word of God, you come out of there feeling like you can run through a troop and jump over a wall, okay? When you hear a sermon that doesn't real, it's filled with religion or it's filled with tradition or it's filled with doubt and unbelief and believe it or not, there's a lot of sermons like that. You come out of there and you might be emotionally moved, but it really does nothing for you on a heart level. We need to receive the word of God as revelation from the spirit that Paul said, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So recently, um, just a couple of days ago, I heard my, um, 
I heard my first bad sermon in a long time, right? Um, so what, what I like to do is, is I, I ask people, I say, hey, uh, Joan, who are you listening to lately as far as preachers? My belief is this, that if you're hungry for the word of God, that you're going to find ways to hear the word during the week. It shouldn't just be in church, right? Well, I, I, uh, I hear a sermon at church, and that's it for the week. Well, honestly, it's like eating once a week and not eating the rest of the week because the Bible says the word is spiritual food to our, our spirit man. So we should be eating all during the week, and I believe that everyone should have their favorite preacher or someone that they listen to. It could be on YouTube. It could be on TV, whatever it might be, right? So, <clears throat> so I have my own favorites and, and things like that, and... And, and I find people that preach the word of God, they preach the word of faith, they preach things that really inspire faith in me. But the other day I heard my first sermon in a long time that was just, it was just, I, I told my wife, it was like the worst sermon I've ever heard. That's being dramatic. It's probably not the worst sermon I've ever heard. It's just probably the worst one I've heard in a while, okay? And let me give you the context of what I heard. So number one, this guy who is a very talented speaker and very, charismatic and funny okay so you know as far as the package go he's very talented but he starts off by telling this horrible situation that him and his wife went through and their child and it lasted for two years so this long drawn-out emotional story of just all this like trouble that they've had for two years and in the midst of his preaching he said and it just felt like God was silent and God did nothing about the situation the whole time so now I'm starting to get depressed, right? So it's like it's a depressing situation, and then God's not there to do anything about it. So I'm just like, you know, are we going to get to a scripture or something? So finally he pulls out a scripture, and he pulls out the scripture about when uh, Jesus and his disciples get in the boat, and they travel to the other side, and then they get in a storm in the boat, right? Do you guys remember that one? And so... There's a storm in the boat, and it's so bad that it's beginning to swamp the boat with water, and they're beginning to sink, and Jesus is asleep on a pillow, and they wake him up, and, um, and that was the gist of the sermon. When you are going through the storm, know this. Jesus is in the boat with you. No, no, no. That's the worst sermon I've ever heard in my life. What are you guys amening about? You see, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. That is not a consolation to me at all. Because the Bible, the Bible, here's the thing. When God gets involved with a situation, things change. Okay? It isn't just like he's going to just pat you on the back while you go through hell. Okay, baby, we're going to make it through. And you get destroyed and wrecked, but at least Jesus was with me. That is a religious sermon, you guys. It's not even the word, and you need to be careful what you heard. I was like upset hearing that. I was just like, really? You have brought no faith to me. All you've done is just, it just gave me this religious token. Just no matter what you go through, I know you've been raped as a child, but God saw it. Like, really? Are you bringing me wisdom? Because this is like depressing, okay? So let's actually read that scripture, okay? that they referred to because remember the word of God brings faith when you really hear and get revelation from the word of God it does stuff it isn't just this pat on the back like you're gonna make it through baby you're gonna make it through okay 
I'm sorry you guys all said amen to that. Like, it was great, but it was... <laughs> Christians say amen to everything. They're right. Uh, lollipops and watermelon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like, if you say anything in Jesus' name, amen. So, be careful what you hear, guys. So, let's read that. Mark chapter 4. Here's the story. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with him in the boat just as he was and the other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on a cushion and they woke him and said teacher do you not care that we are perishing isn't that a great story Jesus was with them in the storm that's it that's the rest of the, that's the end of the story it's not the end of the story at all right so they wake him up and, um, and they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? You still have no faith. It isn't that Jesus just goes through your storm. When Jesus comes into your storm, your storm's done. Your storm is over. Jesus is not into you being persecuted, like just going through hell, having the devil rip you apart, and he's just going to sit there and watch. He, he messes up storms, okay? Do you guys remember? Do you remember the funeral? There was, there was a woman and her only son in the city of Nain. If you don't, it's in the Bible. It's a very quick couple of verses. And there's a woman coming out of a city in the, in, in the city of Nain, and it was her only son, and she's a widow, and she's crying, and there's a funeral procession, procession, and Jesus comes over and sees them and commands the young man to rise up and return him to his mother, a wife. Even, even Jesus messes up funerals, right? See, here's the thing. Religion will give you, if you're not hearing right, will give you this little um, pill that you're just going to go through life and you're going to suffer like everyone else. But don't worry, honey. Jesus sees it. You're okay. That's not the word. That's not the word. So I, I, read, I read this scripture once, right, as a young person. And in the part that stood out to me that I thought was, like, awesome was that Jesus spoke to a storm like he didn't say father I pray that this storm ceases or anything and and if you keep on reading that scripture they marvel like who's this that he can even speak to the weather and the sea and it obeys him right so we were in so these things instruct us in life like how can we use this in life what can we do with this in life so my wife and I um, 30 how many years ago Three, almost 32, going on 33 years ago. Well, many years ago, we got married. 33 in September. And uh, my, my wife's uh, family lives on a pond in Abington. So their backyard goes into a pond. And it's really beautiful. And she said, I want to get married on the pond. So we're going to have an outdoor wedding. How many people know that something needs to cooperate with you on an outdoor wedding? The weather. The weather. Yeah, exactly. So the weather in September could be tricky, right? So... We're getting married September 15th. Um, 
And uh, we wake up that morning, and it is pouring like crazy. It is like pouring, and the weather forecast said it's going to be a bad day all day. Just rain, 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 right? So I'm the youth pastor at that time. My youth kids are with me and stuff. And I said, listen, guys, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and pray because we're, we're going to have a wedding. We're going to have 300 guests. We have 300 chairs out there getting rained on. Just everything is soaked. And I said, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says don't pray about the weather. Jesus spoke to the weather. So you guys come in agreement with me, and we're going to rebuke this weather in the name of Jesus. So we just gathered around simple faith simple act of faith from people who just let the word of God get in their heart and believed it and we came and we said whether we bind you in the name of Jesus we command this storm to cease in the name of Jesus and we say by the time of the wedding which was in about an hour we say it will be warm and sunny in the name of Jesus amen and then we just said amen and let it go and all of a sudden the weather started to break up the, it started getting lighter, the rain got lighter, then it stopped, and then everyone grabbed towels in the house, and we're wiping down all the chairs outside, and by the time the ceremony started, the clouds parted and sunshine beamed down on us, and it was almost a little too hot. It was almost a little too hot. And so we thought that was, co is it coincidence? Uh, is it coincidence? So someone told us they were, they were over in Rockland side, over the pond in the Rockland side. And they told my wife, they said, I feel so bad for you that it rained all day in your wedding. She said, it didn't rain. <laughs> and, and they said, on our side of the pond, it rained all day. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. What do you guys want to hear? I'm going through hell, but at least Jesus is in the boat with me. What are we hearing, right? Or are we going to say, no, when Jesus was in the storm, what did Jesus do in the storm? He spoke to that storm. He came against it. We need to let the word of God build faith in us and have a thing. We need to, we need to hear, the God with, hear the word with revelation, not information. Amen? We need to be careful what we hear because it makes a difference in our lives. It makes a difference in our lives. So when you're a young Christian, a baby Christian, <clears throat> um, you, you don't know how to hear the word of God. You're just a, a new Christian, right? It's just like you, you'll, you'll hear a movie and they'll say um, God in it. And you'll be like, it's awesome. They say God in that movie, right? You'll, you'll hear a song and it might say Jesus. And they'll be like, oh, wow, they said Jesus. Like, you don't even know what you're hearing because you're such a new baby, right? You're just excited to be saved and have the things of God. But as you grow a bit in the things of God, you know, uh, under a year old or whatever, you'll listen to any sermon no matter what because they're talking about God. They're talking about eternity. You don't know whether it, maybe it's Bible, it's good doctrine, it's bad doctrine. They're just talking about God, and you're just so happy. Oh, this is so good. I'm going to a place, and they talk about God right? So you don't have like all that discernment, but as you begin to get older in the Lord and you begin to read the Word of God, you begin to have this thing where you can go in one or two directions. You can become a really carnal Christian, okay? A Christian who's ruled by their appetite, by their lusts, by their flesh, okay? And when you get into that carnal type of Christianity, you are really attracted 
to the wrong type of word. And when you're someone who goes after the spirit, you're someone who fasts, you're someone who prays, you want more of God, you're attracted to really the word of God. It really resonates in your heart and you begin to discern it. If you've ever been in a dead church, if you've ever been in a dead church where they get up and it just feels like they're spitting dry crackers on you, there's no life coming from the pulpit. It's just, you know, they're talking about God, they're saying scriptures, but just there's something about it. It's just so, th there's no awe, there's no miracle, there's no, there's no God-changing situations. It's just, God's in the boat with you people. God's in the boat, right? And it's just like, I know he's talking about God, but it's not resonating here. It's just, it's so dead, right? It's so dead. And so you begin to hunger for something more. You begin to hunger after the word. You begin to hunger after preaching. So for me, <clears throat> I do have some guidelines on what I want to hear, okay? And I'll share some of those guidelines that I want to hear, okay? Let me, let me say this. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. When I was a new Christian, I didn't know what to do. I reached out to my sister who was already saved, and she said, read your Bible and pray, okay? Very good advice. And then I had this situation going on, and she sent me a book uh, by Kenneth Hagin called The Authority of the Believer, okay? And that was the first thing I ever read. And I was so thankful that I got a book of the first things that came into me about someone who really believed the Word of God, who acted like the Word of God was true, and saw the supernatural part of God manifest in their lives because it began to plant seed in me of what a real Christian should be, okay? A real Christian isn't just someone in name. It's someone who literally walks in the supernatural day in and day out if they want. That's what the Bible wants for us and wants for you. So for me, number one, <clears throat> I want to find a preacher or someone who's teaching what's known as the word of faith. Now, the word of faith is not a movement and it is not something that started in the 80s and this and that. The word of faith is what the Bible calls the word, the word of faith which we preach, okay? And the word of faith which we preach puts a high authority in God's word and, and instructs you to act or to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Okay? So the Bible says this, um, that we're to go lay our hands on the sick. Okay? These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay? So we should be radically trying to find situations where we can lay hands on the sick so that they may recover because the Bible tells us to do so. Some churches don't even do that. They're like, well, well, you know, I tried that before and it didn't work. Or I've, I've done that and, uh, you know, it had a bad consequence and they got offended because I prayed for them. So is it like, are we going to walk according to carnal Christianity or are we going to do what God says? Does uh, anyone know by a show of hands Todd White? Have you seen him on the internet at all or whatever? So he has a, uh, he has a pretty um, cool healing ministry. And uh, people get healed uh, through the laying on of hands. But he said that he had to lay hands on about 800 people before anything ever happened. Just out of obedience to the word. Okay? So again, we can't heal people, but we can be obedient to do what the word says so that God will work through you to heal people. And he said, I would lay hands on them and, 
and say, what, what's going on? And they'd say, nothing. And just like, well, you know, thank you for letting me pray for you. Okay? Thank you for letting me pray for you. Here's the lie of the enemy. That someone who needs healing or something is sick, and you're going to lay hands on them, and nothing will happen. Okay? If that's the worst of it, you guys, who cares? Be obedient to the word of God. Lay hands on people. Lay hands on the sick. Amen? It makes such a difference. It makes such a turnaround if you begin to be obedient to the word of God. So for me, I, number one, need to hear people who uphold the word of God, lets the word challenge them at a, at a deep level, amen, and that they're people who are doers of the word and not just hearers only. Sometimes people, people call these people foolish or crazy or things like that. So I, I heard this story once, okay, and it might sound foolish, right? The Bible says that you shall have whatsoever you say. If you speak to this mountain, command it to go, it shall lift itself up and cast itself into the sea. You shall have whatsoever you say. And so there's a faith principle about speaking to your mountains, about speaking to things. There's power in that faith thing. And so there was, there was a story about these um, Bible school students who got in a car accident and dented the front of their car, and they got out of the car, and they commanded the dent to come out in Jesus' name. Now, the way the story goes is the dent didn't come out. And so people were like, well, the story I heard, how foolish was that, that they got out of their car and commanded it to, uh, to come out? To me, I'm just like, I think that's awesome. I want to hang out with people like that who are not afraid to look like fools, who act on the word of God. I don't even care if it works. I just want to be around people who are bold enough to walk by faith, to do what God's word says, because they, God looks to and fro throughout this old, whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards them. People who walk in faith, God gets their attention. And so when I'm listening to preachers and stuff, I want to hear preachers who actually act like the Bible's true who are doing the works of Jesus, who are talking about the works of Jesus. I don't want to be just pacified with a Bible pill. Don't worry, God is with you in whatever hell you go through. <laughs> whatever you go through, don't worry, God is with you. To me, that is not a comforting thing. It's not, that's just, anyways, it's not the Bible. It's just, uh, it's religion. Let me just say that. It's religion. It brings no power. It brings no... Um, it brings no victory. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to go into that. Let's, let's put it this way. Number one, God's, wor God's word will always make you feel like a victor and not a victim. Okay? You'll always be someone who knows that all things are possible to God, to them who believe God. So whatever situation I'm in, this is not the end of the story. That me and God, we're going to believe, we're going to believe the word, we're going to step out, and that God can do anything in this situation, okay, to those who believe. And so to me, I need to hear people who are preaching victory and not victimhood, okay? And there's a big difference, okay? And so those are the things that I'm looking for. And then uh, I'm going I'm to end with these two things, you guys. Actually, I'm going to read, I'm going to read the scripture here, 2 Timothy 4.3. Now, when you become a carnal Christian, and you might not even know you're a carnal Christian, okay, you'll speak against the miracles of God. You'll, you'll say that God 
answers prayer sometimes. You'll become doubtful of anything that's supernatural, that's, that's um, amazing about God. You begin to talk against it. You're just a carnal type of Christian, okay? And the Bible says you need to be careful because carnal Christians begin to heap teachers and things that they like to hear. They, they say itching ears. So it says here in 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and aside from myths. Amen. To me, I'll, I'll listen to I'll listen to a sermon, and um, it's, it's so hard, you guys. And and this is what I mean by this: the guy or woman who's speaking might have a lot of talent. They might have a lot of charisma. They might tell very entertaining stories. But I'm always in my spirit. I'm like, so what are they really saying here? Where are we going with this? What's the like? Uh, you know, it entertains you, but like, what's what's happening here? Okay, and so these uh, these preachers, these sermons, the ones that you heap to each other, itching ears. I kind of made an outline of an itching ear sermon. Okay, so if you hear this, just beware. Okay, be discerning, be careful what you hear. Okay, number one, they start with a funny or emotional hook at the start of the story. So my wife and I were traveling to the supermarket and uh, you know, and we dropped the milk on the way out. <laughs> Has anyone dropped the milk? Yeah, so it's, it's like they catch you on an emotional level. And then they start into, and you know what people? I know you've dropped your milk before and we acknowledge your pain. We all know that everyone's going through pain and now they're, they're operating on an emotional level. And so it, to me it's just like, oh gosh. So it's just like, you know, everyone has pain. I know you have pain. You have pain. Do you want to admit? You have pain too. And I acknowledge your pain. And so all of a sudden, we're not acknowledging the one who gets us out of pain. We're just acknowledging everyone's pain, okay? So little emotional hook. Now we're all talking about our pain. And then the entrance of some type of psychology enters next into the sermon, okay? You can't heal what you can't hide, people. You can't heal what you can't hide. It's not even the word of God yet. It's just psychology terms. You know what? When you're going through that pain, you need to tell someone your pain. Okay? You can't keep it to yourself. Well, I mean, that might be true in a natural level. That's fine. I had a friend who, uh, who had come and talked to me. And we were young. I was like 18 or 19. I was a new Christian. I realized that there was this place called the uh, prayer room or the prayer closet. The Bible says, when you pray, go into your closet, shut the door, and you will meet God in there, okay? And when you come out, he'll reward you openly. There was a prayer closet. So I began to go in a room and begin to pray, and it was amazing. God would begin to speak to me in my spirit, and any problem or any situation I had, he would begin to show me and give me light and guidance in that, okay? Just as a new Christian. And so I had a friend come to me, and he's telling me all his problems, and I, I was telling him, you know, maybe what the Bible would say and stuff. And he said to me, who do you go to when you have a problem? I said, uh, honestly, I, I go in my prayer closet and shut the door, and I, I talk to God about my problems. He's, so he, he wasn't a Christian. He's like, 
That's so stupid. Like a human. Who do you go to that's a human that you can talk to your problems? I'm like, um, I, I go to God in the prayer closet and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and helps me. Let me say this, you guys, and, and this is not out of arrogance. I have never had an issue ever that was perplexing me and causing my brain to be on tilt that I did not go into my prayer closet and the Holy Spirit unwind me and fix what I had a problem with. Every time, every time, every time, every time, every time. He said, no, 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 like a human. Who do you talk to that's a human? And I just kept on going, I, I talked to God. And he was just so frustrated. Forget it. Forget it. He didn't want to hear it. But in our itchy ear sermons, you get the, the funny hook at the beginning. Then you get the acknowledgement of your pain. Then you get the psychology entrance. You can't heal what you can't hide or some psychology term or whatever. And then you get the general statements on, you know what? God knows. Listen, God knows you're going through this pain. And he sees it. That's it. That's all you get. No way out of it. No nothing. God sees it, right? He's there with you. He's in the boat, okay? And then after that, um, it's the end of the sermon. These people have great oratory skills. They have a great sway of emotion. But there's no, there's no word. There's no super on the natural. It's not overcoming. It's not victory. What you, the problems you came with, you leave with the same problems. And so I say this. Be careful how you hear. Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Because if you don't value and honor and respect the things you're hearing, those things can be lost. They can be taken away. So we need to go, we need to pursue those things that build our faith, that say that the word of God is true and, and turn us from victims into victors. Let me say this too, and, uh, and it, it gets a little political, but I'll say it in, I'll say it in terms of what I'm talking about. Um, this is just my belief. It's, it's, you can go with it, whatever you want. During COVID, we were told to lock down and stay in place, and everyone was like stuck in their home, right? And some people were in their home for like weeks and months, right? And I'm talking about everyone from Hingham in the really beautiful uh, palatial homes they live in to people in the, in the bad neighborhoods, and everyone. Everyone was just stuck in their house, right? And so um, by the summer of uh, 2020, to me it was like a spring that was being condensed, right? And then all of a sudden the spring just burst out. And we had the thing, we had the uh, whole Black Lives Matter movement. And Black Lives Matter hit the streets, okay? Don't, don't roll your eyes or don't do anything. I'm making a point here. They hit the streets. They began to protest, burn down their neighborhoods, do this stuff, and it was over police brutality, and I have no problem with you know, police you know, protesting over that, but it was like a spring. Everyone was just condensed in their homes, and then they just burst, right, out onto the scenes and things like that. But here's the problem. All of a sudden, the doctrine of Black Lives Matter started to come into churches, and people would be like, what's your stand on Black Lives Matter? I'm like, I don't know. Like the Bible says that when you are born again, you have come out of the natural family and been born into a supernatural family. You are now a child of God where there is no Greek, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, 
but we are all one family. We have different skin tones, we have different races, we have different backgrounds, but we are one family in the spirit. But this mentality came into the church, no, 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 what are you gonna say about like Black Lives Matter? What's your stance on it? It's like, well, my stance is gonna be the Bible. Well, if you don't acknowledge that, we're leaving the church. And so people started to leave their churches over carnal, worldly, cultural situations. Be careful what you hear. Have some discernment. Have some discernment. And some of these people have left their churches and gone into shipwreck. That's not funny. There's nothing funny about that. Their Christian life is no longer a Christian life. They're like a protester who don't even have a protest anymore and they're not sharp and they're not flourishing in the things of God. They have sickness. Some of them are it's just bad and we need to be careful how we hear and what we hear we need to value and honor the word of god okay be careful be careful last scripture guys that's about as political as i get you guys i'm not going to tell you that i was also in the riots you know <laughs> protesting i'll leave that part out of it no i'm, I'm just kidding I would probably be in the riots just to get out of my house. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I know this sounds bad, but I, was, I did not stay in my house one day ever during the lockdown. I was out every single day. Every day is just like humans, it's hard to like make humans like stay away from each other and whatever. I just found excuses to be out every day. I would go mountain biking out in the woods and, and I'd have people 20 yards away from me walking alone in the woods with a mask on. They'd be like, mask up, you loser. I'm like, you're a loser. What are you talking about? You're like 50 feet away from me. But be careful what you hear, you guys. Be careful what you hear, okay? Because the world is gonna have its own doctrine. Things are going to have their own doctrine, but if we stick with the Word of God, you're going to walk in the supernatural. You're going to have a super on your natural. Every bad situation, you're going to see a way out of that situation. You're going to see that God is able to do abundantly above what we can ask or think. You're going to know a God who performs miracles, who does great things for you. Amen. You're not going to have this preacher give you a sad story. I know you're going through it, honey. Just hold on to the end. It's like, no, it's not even the word, okay? That's not even the Bible. When Jesus gets involved in a situation, he messes it up. He makes it different. He brings victory, and we need to let ourselves hear the word of God. Amen? Last scripture, 1 John 5, 4. And the music team can come, come up wherever they are, all two of them. Come on back. <laughs> the others are on the road right now. 1 John 5, 4 says this. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Amen. You want to listen to something that builds your faith, that brings victory, because you will be a world overcomer. The world is not going to sit on your face and squish you down. You are going to be overcoming in the world through faith in Jesus' name, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up together. <clears throat> Let's stand up together.
Some of you might have to turn off your AM radio Christian stuff. You need to listen to what you're listening to and find something better. Listen, guys, we live in the world of on-demand stuff. You can, like, have YouTube on in your car. You can have a podcast on your car. You have a lot of options. You don't just need to listen to stuff just because it says it's like Christian radio. Figure out what's going on and what you're hearing. Amen? You want it to build your faith. You want it to make a difference in your faith. Amen? Amen. Linda, you can start playing. I don't know what we have next. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I like her. She's good. She's good stuff. If you need to check your preacher with me on the way out tonight, I'll go ahead and help. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You read your own Bible. Figure out if they're preaching the word. I'll be like, who's that? I don't even know. I don't even know. Can you listen to him for me? No. You listen to him for yourself, okay? Okay, we're going to go ahead and worship, guys. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord. Let me say this, okay? Let me do this. I, I need you guys to have some action, okay? Passive Christianity is so 1996, okay? It's 2023, guys. The end of times. The end of days. Jesus is coming soon. He's ready to break out in revival. We don't need Christians who sit in their seats passively. Amen. If you want more of God, if you want everything he has, if you want to be a 10-talent person where more is added to you, let's come forward tonight and worship. Amen. Get out of your seats. Let's come up here and go ahead and press into God tonight.